Welcome to The Elusive Consumer. Today, Ellie is speaking with Stephanie Freer, Director of Consumer Insights at Inspire. Join us as they discuss the work Inspire is doing to provide renewable energy, new strategies for connecting with less engaged customers, and working for a mission-driven B Corp. Let's dive into today's conversation on The Elusive Consumer. Thank you so much for joining us, Stephanie. We're so delighted to have you with us today to talk about the work that you're doing as Consumer Insights Director at Inspire Clean Energy, and also to talk about your passion for all things research. Before we yeah, start... Thanks, Thanks for having me. <laughs> Before we start talking about Inspire specifically and the work that you're doing there, tell us a bit about the path that led you to your current role. Sure. Um, so my background uh, has always been market research um, to varying degrees. So um, in college, I you know graduated in marketing, um, but really had a specific interest in consumer behavior. And that led me to a career in market research. Um, but I worked on the agency side for a bit. Um, that's really where I got my training. So I worked for um, a Kantar company at the time is where I started my career. Um, got really great training on all things research. Um, and then I moved to a social listening startup in Chicago, um, which gave me a different, a different view on other methodologies and also was kind of my, um, sparked my interest in working for startups. And so that was a really fun experience too. Um, which then led me, eventually I moved to LA, um, and, uh, my, my um, time at the Honest Company, I would say, was um, really pivotal pivotal in my um, career as well because I moved from um, working for like the agency side, research partner side to working for a brand in-house. And I think that really um, showed me a different side to research and how impactful it can be in a company. Um, and so I would say that really um, just launched a new passion in me for the work I was doing for research and then also you know, obviously working for a mission-driven company was a whole other um, topic in my career, but that then led me to inspire where I'm at now. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm able to basically use all of my experience from the past to um, essentially build the entire um, research arm at Inspire from the ground up. And so my all of my training from the past really helped me in my role here at Inspire in, in creating a consumer insights department and then um, also just aligning again with that mission-driven part um, has been really crucial for me in my career to keep me motivated and, and really interested in the work that I'm doing. Mm. And I want to touch about uh, touch upon that later in this conversation in terms of making an impact. But before that, what led you to have an interest in consumer behavior to begin with? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it probably started pretty young. Like I had, um, I've always been interested in kind of understanding why people do what they do or, you know, what makes us all the same in some ways, what makes us different in other ways based on certain experiences. And, um, I think that really, uh, came to life for me, honestly, in college, when I had a consumer behavior course, it really just kind of aligned where, um, it seemed like such a focal point and, and important part of marketing. Um, you know, trying to understand the consumer first seems like 
you know, it should be the first step in any marketing strategy. And so that really, um, really connected with me then. Um, and, and essentially just led me into my career in market research and consumer behavior. Right. And in terms of coming from, like you said, an agency background and moving into the client side, talk us through the differences a bit more and also the similarities from your perspective. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say working on the agency side, um, I would say one of the benefits is that you're working with a team of researchers. And so you have people to throw ideas at, to learn from their experience, to teach them. And it's a much more um, collaborative learning environment versus, and it depends on, you know, the brand. Some people have, some companies have much larger insights teams, um, but at the Honest Company and Inspire, the teams have been very small. And so the experience there is that you're really pulling in all of your expertise from these other roles um, to then create the best pathway for, you know, whatever you're working on there. So I would say that's one, that's been one big difference for me is just kind of the environment of um, working with a team of experts versus being the the sole expert for a company um, and having them rely on that expertise is a great opportunity and challenge in its own. Um, and then, you know, the other thing that I've seen is really just um, the the follow through on the research. Mm -hmm. It's a little different when you're working inside the company. Um, I One thing that was frustrating for me working uh, within like a marketing research firm was that we would hand off this great work to our clients um, and would never really know if they used it or right. if it had an impact. Um, and so that was hard, you know, seeing all of your great work and not really knowing what's going on with it. Um, but working in-house, you obviously get to see if it's connecting with people, if they're making decisions based off of it. And so for me, that's been really rewarding is kind of seeing that that follow through, um, which is great feedback to um, for for yourself and the work that you're doing. You know, if they're taking your recommendations or if they're not trying to adjust your research strategy, um, it just it makes for a more cohesive uh, workflow. Right. And in terms of the consumer research arms at the companies that you've worked at and where you currently are, you mentioned that at The Honest Company, it was a small team and at your current organization, it's also, uh, from what I understand, a small team. What do you think makes certain companies choose to actually have a consumer insights arm versus some that do not emphasize the importance? It's huh. a good question. Um, you know, I'm not sure what would make them choose versus not. I think it honestly, it just depends on probably the leadership team's past experience of working with research. Mm. I think, um, you know, at Honest and Inspire, both, uh, both of the leadership teams that I work with, um, they were already, you know, searching for answers or searching for validation for things they're doing. And so they were already in that mindset of, we know that there's a better way to doing this than just kind of guessing on our own. Um, and so that, you know, made the whole process a lot smoother because we had that support from the leadership. Uh, so I'm not really sure, like from companies that don't, I think it may just be that they haven't had the experience um, to see how useful research and data can be to inform their decisions to optimize their business plans and, you know, sky's the limit on how it can impact the business. And that leads me to my other question. 
what responsibility do you think lies on researchers to show the impact that data and research can have? Yeah, I think it's it's very important um, to to really close that loop. And I also think it's a big challenge, too. So, um, you know, within Inspire, for example, I can give recommendations, Mm -hmm. um, but then it's really up to me to follow up with those teams to see, hey, did you take that recommendation? Right. What impact did that have on the business? And then trying to make sense of that in terms of numbers and additional data points to then use it as a proof point for, um, you know, we need a bigger research budget next year, or I think we should do these studies. And so I think it's it's challenging in a way because sometimes the recommendations are not always quantitative. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's really trying to turn that into some sort of quantitative metric to, to support your needs to um, to continue doing the research you're doing and then also expand into more impactful areas. Right. And, and do you find that you need to change your tone sort of when you're addressing different types of stakeholders? Um, yes. <laughs> yes, definitely. I mean, I think that's, um, that's a crucial part, I would say, for any market researchers, you know, reading the room and understanding different styles and preferences. So, um, and that's a learning curve too, I would say, um, coming into a new company as really trying to understand, um, you know, the con- consumer behavior of the people you're working with. Right. So some people are very data driven, very comfortable with data and they'll ask a million questions. And so you kind of learn to cater that, um, discussion differently from maybe there's like another executive who, just wants to know what the data is saying, the final line, and what your recommendation is. And it can be a much simpler um, report. And so I think definitely catering to the leadership style of the stakeholders is is really crucial in, in making sure that the research is coming across well, that they understand it, and that they know what to do with it. Right. Absolutely. So I want to transition over to the role <laughs> at Inspire. Tell us about Inspire Clean Energy and what specifically differentiates your company. Um, so Inspire Clean Energy, we are a clean energy clean energy supplier. Um, we work in deregulated markets. So for those that are unfamiliar with the energy industry um, in the United States, we have regulated and deregulated markets. And in deregulated markets, the customers are able to choose who supplies them their energy. It's not just the utility. Um, They have a lot of options. And so Inspire is a clean energy company that is providing clean energy to customers in these markets um, by, uh, you know, supporting clean energy that's being created on the grid. um, And then, you know, having customers sign up for those clean energy plans so that we're um, producing a, a greener grid for essentially for the entire country. Um, and so I would say what makes Inspire different, um, we have a couple of different product offerings that I think are unique. We have like a subscription plan that is helpful for, um, customers who, you know, want that subscription model of paying the same flat price and not seeing the fluctuations of high bills in the winter and, and, you know, in the summer, um, but having that flat bill, I think that's one unique offering that we have, but also just being able to provide renewable energy, um, in a market that has traditionally not had that offering, Mm -hmm. um, is really what differentiates us, um, you know, from other suppliers out there. Right. And I read a bit about 
your company on your site in terms of the impact that you're making. And there was a sentence that says that switching to a renewable energy company can be five times more effective than going vegetarian, seven times more effective than recycling, and 10 times more effective than composting over the course of the year. I certainly wasn't aware of that myself. Do you feel that the majority of consumers are and that the awareness levels of what impact this has is where it should be? No, I would say that is one of the biggest challenges for renewable energy um, right now is is the awareness of our customers. And so the first barrier is that customers don't even know they have a choice. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that awareness level in itself is pretty low. Um, It's growing. Customers are becoming more and more aware of what their options are. But even being able to choose a different supplier, many are unaware of that. Um, But then, you know, switching to renewables, I think that um, if you were to ask, most customers would say, yes, this is beneficial for the environment. Yes, this is a good thing and I want to do it. Um, but they aren't necessarily aware of how impactful that is. Right. And so that's why our um, our brand and marketing teams work really hard on creating those, we call them equivalency metrics, mm-hmm. but uh, having those comparisons so that you can take a quick look at, oh, I recycle every week and that's, you know, the number one thing I'm doing for the environment. Mm-hmm. And then you can see on Inspire's website that, oh, we actually have much greater impact by just doing a simple switch to clean energy. And so finding those more relatable ways to educate consumers has been a huge part of the marketing team's job over the past couple of years and just trying to um, help bring lift that awareness. Right. And talking more about the consumers, um, Focusing on the sector overall, the energy sector is fairly regulated, particularly in this country, and less consumer-oriented, I guess. How is Inspire Energy disrupting this notion? Yeah, I mean, I think we're disrupting it in the markets where we are able to, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, so so looking at those deregulated markets, but... Um, it's, again, it's a challenge and it goes with the awareness. I would say we're disrupting through awareness tactics. And so having local marketing campaigns or local initiatives, um, that are, you know, connecting consumers with the Inspire brand, um, is the best way that we can, um, in terms of educating consumers on the choice they have, and then also showing, you know, again, that impact that Inspire can make. Um, it's definitely, uh, a, a slow burn in, in terms of, you know, seeing that progress because there is such an awareness gap right now, but it's something that we really prioritize in, um, you know, not only to help our own brand, but to help the, you know, the mission of getting more and more customers on clean energy, um, regardless of which company they sign up for having increased awareness of that is beneficial to our mission overall. Right. Going back to your role specifically, and when you joined Inspire, that's quite some task of building the research arm from the ground up. What were some of the initial challenges that you faced and how did you overcome them? Yeah, um, I mean, I think, first of all, coming from um, an industry outside of energy, that's kind of the first challenge in itself, I would say, for, for anyone that's coming into the energy industry. It's a lot to learn. It's, there's definitely a learning curve, lots of acronyms, different regulations in different states and things like that. And so 
I would say getting a lay of the land is is kind of part one of the challenge of of moving into this space. But then from the research perspective, um, you know, just trying to understand what the needs are of the company and then prioritizing. That was essentially how I tackled it from um, from the get go was meeting with different leaders in different departments um, and, you know, getting key stakeholders um, to talk about their day-to-day where they think research might help and just kind of taking notes and doing like a data download the first couple of weeks. And then I was able to really understand, okay, these are the top five areas that I think I should be working on in the first year to really start building this out. And um, so for that, it was, um, you know, having customer feedback reports, things like that, kind of those basic um, things that you would think about uh, weren't in place. And so making sure that um, you know, we were building a foundation of um, ongoing reports that would help the company and then also building in key strategic projects that would help um, the company's goals. Right. And in terms of reaching your customers, if you were to say energy consumers in terms of what makes them elusive, what strategies do you employ to better understand their needs and how do you continue to reach them, particularly in the deregulated markets? Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of research? Yes. Are you asking? Yes. Yeah. Um, Well, I would say the biggest difference that I've seen from past, uh, past experience in other industries is that um, it's a, the energy industry from a customer standpoint is pretty low engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the most exciting thing. Customers are not, you know, thinking about their electricity all the time. They're really just thinking about it when they get their bill or when they're moving um, and, you know, those certain trigger points. And so mm-hmm. having that low engagement um, customer can definitely be a challenge. I think an important way through research for us to to keep learning on how to reach them better and and talking to them better is really um, kind of marrying the questions around their energy experience with their perceptions around um, the mission. And so environmental impact, trying to understand how we can reach them in different ways through that. Um, We do various different messaging tests to understand if they're understanding what we're talking about. I think that's another big part too is it's just that um, some consumers do need education on on how it works mm-hmm. um, in the energy industry and also how clean energy works. And so we want to make sure we're talking to them in an effective way. And so research really helps with that, too, to understand if we're using language that, you know, hits the mark or if it's just kind of too technical um, in the way we talk about things. And so it's been really I think research has been a really supportive tool in that and trying to find ways to reach these customers knowing that they're basically their, their general behaviors around energy. Um, we're probably not going to be able to change that. You know, we're not going to be able to create some amazing product that's going to change how they think about electricity. Mm -hmm. Um, so what are other ways that we can, um, you know, shift the experience, um, around mission and, and understanding of clean energy. And do you have any examples you can share with us in terms of initiatives or actions you've taken based on consumer research? Sure. Um, I mean, we've done, I would say our segmentation research has had a big impact in the company and we refresh that every couple of years, knowing that 
Um, renewable energy trends are always changing. Customer awareness is always changing. But I think that's been really crucial in terms of understanding who we're targeting, um, how we message to different segments, um, and, and really understanding what their core drivers are. So that's helped in terms of our marketing strategies, our digital targeting strategies. That's been um, very, I would say, very widely used um, within the company. And then also just doing general like attitudes and usage types of research. Um, it's It helps us to kind of gut check on everything. And um, especially for people who aren't familiar with the energy industry, um, having those ANU studies are really crucial to to get a lay of the land and, and remind ourselves, okay, this is how they're looking at their bill. This is how they are um, thinking about energy. This is how they're not even thinking about energy. And that helps us as well to, to inform product strategies around, um, you know, do we need certain features? Do we want to build um, certain things? It's been able to help inform our product strategy too, um, just from a general behavior. Right. And then I would also say our, our customer feedback reports that we do um, are really, really important to the company. We, we call our customers, our members, mm -hmm. um, and really value our members within, uh, the company. And so we put a lot of emphasis on those feedback reports as well. We want to understand, you know, how their sales experience was, how their member support interactions are going, um, if they're satisfied with their plan that they're on and, and so forth. And having that continuous feedback loop is, um, is just really crucial. So our is. Right. And in terms of customers that you haven't been able to reach yet or onboard as your <laughs> um, as, as your customers, um, how do you navigate that conflict between financial considerations and environmental impact and wanting to do good and better for the environment in consumers' decisions to ultimately switch sure. to renewable energy? Yeah, I mean... It's hard to say. I, I think price is always going to be the top consideration factor for the majority of customers. Um, there is a, a willingness to invest in clean energy. And so I think it's really finding that balance. And our pricing team is you know, constantly working on this to make sure that we have a balance of providing a reasonable offer um, for our clean energy product. We know that if, if our pricing's off, no one's going to sign up for it. And then that goes against our mission of getting more and more people on clean energy. And so it is a balance of trying to find that right, um, you know, that sweet spot of um, affordable, reasonable pricing for a clean energy product. Um, and, and, and that's also why we offer a subscription product as well, um, just to provide different options for customers. Um, but we know that some customers are so price driven that, you know, they may switch every three months or so, depending on what new offer they get. And that's okay. They're, you know, the customers will come and go. Um, but we really do want to make sure that we're at least providing um, something that the majority are going to see as a reasonable price, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. Um, and I want to touch a bit more upon that in terms of the different generations as well. Do you see any difference in terms of the willingness to change to renewable energy based on what generation the consumers are in? Sure. Um, well, I would say uh, the majority of our customer base are typically, um, you know, in their 30s or above mm -hmm. just because we do serve mostly homeowners. We also serve renters, but 
a lot of homeowners um, in that in that space, and that just you know tends to skew a little bit older. So we don't have um, you know the the younger generations that I assume will be more and more interested in clean energy um, as they get older. But um, but in terms of what our current customer base is, I would say that we've seen our our target audience, the ones that are most eco conscious and the ones that are most interested in in taking action tend to be within that like 30 to 50s range. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's not to say uh, people outside of that age range don't care. That's just where we've seen the strongest interest from the research. Um, But again, you know, we, our sales strategies have have been um, mixed so that we are targeting, um, you know, we do digital targeting to target those ideal customers, but then we also still want to serve these other um, populations. And so it, it just depends on like, um, our messaging mix and things like that. So we do want to pull in as many people as we can and then help educate on how inspire can make a difference and, and them signing up for inspires is doing good for the planet. Right. And speaking of doing good for the planet, focusing on B Corporation specifically, how is working in a B Corporation different from other organizations you've been part of as a researcher and a professional overall? Yeah, um, I think from a research standpoint, um, it just kind of adds a new element to the research. So if I was working for um, a company that's not, you know, as mission driven, not a B Corp, maybe I wouldn't ask as many questions about the environmental impact and things like that. Um, and we may be focused on different goals, but, um, but, you know, since we are so driven towards this goal, it's always, uh, a consideration and a factor that we're interested in. Um, and so it just broadens how we look at the consumer mindset because it's not just the product we're offering at the, and the price we're offering it at. It's, it's this greater, um, impact that we want to understand if customers are understanding and, you know, again, back to the messaging, if we're messaging it correctly. So it just adds a different element, I would say, into the research. Um, But overall, working for B Corps, I think another huge impact is as an employee, um, you know, the the initiatives that Inspire does in terms of giving back to communities. Mm. Um, We have um, employee tracks where um, groups are going to build solar panels um, and, you know, areas of need and we have all of these other initiatives that I hadn't experienced at other companies in the past. And so that's really been a very enriching part of Inspire's culture, um, to have all of those additional initiatives outside of just the core of our work, um, to give back to, um, to the community. Um, right. Yeah. So I think, I think that, and then also just the people, I would say, Mm -hmm working for a team where everyone is aligned on the mission, it just adds this magic to the work environment and, um, and working on Inspire, I work with some of the, you know, best people we have such a, everyone is so, um, eager and hard, hardworking. They're all aligned towards meeting our goals because we all care deeply about the mission. Um, and that's just, it's, it's very special to have that type of environment where we're all, um, you know, working towards a cause together. Definitely. The idea of doing good while doing business is something that I think every company should strive for. So it's very interesting to hear how your company approaches that. 
Can you speak to some of the unique challenges then that you face in your role when gathering and interpreting consumer data for a B corporation? Sure. Um, I mean, I think from a research standpoint, um, there's not a ton of difference because I try to stay unbiased in in how I'm, you know, conducting research. Mm -hmm. I would say more so on the the building out the strategic implications and any recommendations. That's where, you know, um, you kind of just wear a couple of different hats, and so you want to make sure that um, recommendations that you're making are aligned with the research and with the mission. And if it's not, you know, calling that out and saying, hey, the, this this research study is showing X. Um, which doesn't necessarily align with where we're going. Um, here are some ways to think about that. Um, and so I think keeping that in mind um, has been really impactful in the way that I communicate research to the different stakeholders in the company. Right. And speaking of stakeholders, how do you balance the need for profit with the social environmental consciousness inherent in a B Corp while getting insights from consumer data? Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say I'm lucky in that um, that's outside of my role in terms of balancing profits <laughs> right. and the environmental impact. Um, but our, we have a team that um, does a great job with that. But from a research standpoint, again, I think it's kind of similar to your last question. Um, it's really showing, you know, this is what the data is saying. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times the data is saying that customers want lower prices for energy in general. You know, that's a general trend that we've seen, especially in the past year with the market. Um, I, I still have to report that, you know, I, I still want to make sure that um, our stakeholders understand, like, this is where our customers are at right now, or, you know, prospective consumers in general, like they're they're hurting from high energy costs. And so this is where they're at. And again, like this is how they're thinking about clean energy. It's, it's kind of painting the full picture, but also being very, um, you know, honest about what, what the results are, because I think that just helps to inform more accurate strategies going forward. Absolutely. Even if it's not ideal. Right. <laughs> yes. People don't always want to hear what the data say, but that's Yes. It's still equally important. Um, do you think consumers then respond differently when they know they're dealing with a B Corp? And if so, how does that affect your strategy and gathering and analyzing the data? Um, I think that awareness is pretty low for B Corps. I mm -hmm. don't have a stat top of mind on that, but I would say um, if you're talking to consumers, you know, unless they're in the space, they may not be aware of what it means to be a B Corporation. Mm -hmm. I do think that communicating what it means is is really impactful. And so, you know, the label B Corp may not mean a lot to um, an average energy consumer, but then explaining what that all means and what goes behind all of that, um, the certification process, um, you know, it, it brings out an emotional response in consumers. And we know that you know, buying from um, companies that give back to community or um, support local initiatives or support the planet, like consumers are becoming more and more interested in that, especially the younger generations, making sure that their purchases are making a difference. Um, and so whether or not they know what a B Corp is, they are typically aligned with the messaging around that. And so that's been um, helpful. I think in terms of research, um, we typically don't we haven't researched a ton around, you know, labeling ourselves as a B Corp or not. It's more so around education of what clean energy can do and how they can make that easy switch and, um, you know, increase their, their impact. Right. 
And from a consumer perspective, if someone is on the lookout for switching to renewable energy, what advice would you give to them when they're choosing between different organizations in terms of what to look out for to make sure this company is credible and um, the best, so to speak? Yeah. Um, I mean, I would definitely look into um, the details around the plan and trying to understand where the energy is sourced from. And so um, for for Inspire, we have information on, you know, where our renewable energy credits are coming from, what projects we're supporting and things like that. And I think it's just important to do a little bit of research to understand if that information is available from the companies um, so that you get a basic understanding of, of you know, how, what percentage of your plan is renewable energy? Um, uh, Inspire plans are all 100%, but some have varying degrees. And then you just kind of align that with your needs um, and what makes sense for your household. Um, so I would say that's important. And then also, you know, reading customer reviews, I would say for most products, I, I think that's important. Mm -hmm. um, and understanding um, a little bit more about the company and where it came from. I think that's all just, um, you know, helpful research to get more familiarity around um, the product that you would be signing up for and then also what the customer experience um, would be and what you could kind of anticipate there. Right. And seeing energy as, as you say, not top of the mind of most consumers, what would you say to highlight that if a consumer has the opportunity to switch that they should do so. Yeah, I mean, it's it's such a to me it's an easy switch and it makes such an, a big impact and so I think highlighting that, you know, low effort, high reward I think is really um, attractive to a lot of customers. Um and then you know, just understanding the impact it makes and going back to those equivalencies that you saw on our website, understanding how it compares to actions you're doing every day. I think that is one of the most impactful ways to really connect with a consumer so that they're really understanding, oh, okay, there is a huge difference if I sign up for a clean energy supplier versus, um, you know, a regular supplier or the utility. Right. And in terms of the corporation side of things, what advice would you give companies that are struggling to connect with their consumers, especially in industries that are less consumer centric? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I definitely support research, obviously. Mm -hmm. I think that is one of the, the best ways that you can uncover what's going on. Um, and I would say different types of research as well. So if consumers are really just not engaging, um, doing interviews or focus groups can really bring out more than maybe like a quantitative survey. Um, and so making sure you're finding different ways to connect with the customer so that you can really understand um, their headspace and, and kind of break down maybe some of the assumptions that your team has. Um, trying to understand if, if those are valid or not, um, I think you really just have to hear from the consumer. And I've found that having those open conversations um, can be a lot more revealing than, um, than other research methods. Um, but yeah, so I would say continuing to try with, with different types of research studies to really um, you know, crack that consumer mindset and, and bridge the gap there um, is really important. And then also just... Um, you know, continuously doing, keeping the conversation open. So for us talking with our customers, 
really important part of our um, overall business strategy is making sure we have a pulse on the customer. Um, and then that then leads to optimization research and, and, and things like that to make sure that we are doing other parts of the business in a way that still connect back to the customer. I love that. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Before we wrap up, is there anything that we haven't touched upon in terms of research data or Inspire Energy that you want to tell our listeners about? Um, I mean, I think we covered a lot. I would just say that um, for me, going back to kind of the mission-driven work, I think that um, working for a company where you really align with their mission has been such it's had such a great impact on my um, my day to day, my career. It just kind of is a a life changing shift in how um, you look at your work. And so, I think for me, that's been something that's been really impactful in my life. And I think it's just something that is good to keep in mind going forward with with all careers is making sure that you have that alignment. Um, it just makes the work so much more rewarding. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Thank you so much. Thank you.